Welcome to the McGuire Iron Podcast. My name is Brian Cooper. I am the Director of Business Development and Marketing at McGuire Iron and your host for this podcast. At McGuire Iron, we've been helping to store and protect quality water for over 100 years. On this episode, we will discuss new tank specifications and life cycle costs with McGuire Iron Senior Vice President of Iron Operations, Troy Wordle, and Senior Vice President of New Tank Operations, Dan Inglesman. Troy Wordle has been at McGuire Iron for the past 15 years. He is a graduate of South Dakota State University with degrees in construction management and business. Dan Inglesman has also been at McGuire Iron for 15 years. He is a graduate of Southeast Technical Institute with a degree in CAD engineering. Troy and Dan, thank you for joining me on the McGuire Iron Podcast. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. We're talking about new tanks, and we'll start with you, Troy. What are the factors that determine if a new water tank needs to be constructed? Why would somebody say, hey, we need a new water tank? A few factors would be uh, the growth of a community, the growth of the uh, geography, or the footprint of the water pressure. Um, if a new uh, development is coming into town and new industries are coming into town, they would need to supply a capacity for fire suppression or, or just their needs. And then a lot of the infrastructure in the, in the United States is getting to that point where they're 60, 80, 100-year-old tanks, and the old tanks need to be replaced. And so that's a good option to bring in a, an updated style of tank for, for what they need. And then uh, essentially just more capacity. So we, talk, we talked a little bit about why somebody would build a tank. So what are some of the formulas used to determine you know, what size that tank needs to be based on their situation? So most of the time what they do is they'll, they'll know how many gallons per day that they need to use and also they'll go with off their peak usage. And what they want to do just to make sure that they have enough for fire suppression is go one and a half to two times the amount that they uh, would normally use in a day. And so that will... That will ensure that the community uh, storage doesn't run out of water in the event of a fire or in the event of water line break or, or things like that. So that's part of it. And then, you know, you always want to have someone reserve if there's any sort of demand for that situation. And then um, depend on the pressure that your community needs. That'll, that'll let you know how much water you need to store and also the height of the uh, tank that you're required to get. Because I don't think a lot of people understand that all of these things have to factor in when you build a piece of infrastructure. I know you drive into a community and you see a water tank and you're like, oh, that looks nice. But there's a lot of things in the background that go into a formula that says this is what that thing actually should be. Yes, exactly. There's there's studies done with every single community and some communities sprawl out a lot more than other others. So you need to get the pressure and the amount of water out to, to that part of the community or you have to build another tank like we talked about earlier the the footprint of your of your water system determines the size of the tank and and how many tanks that you'll you'll actually need and we're going to bring dan in right now because he's our expert at building tanks once we've decided okay we need this big of a tank where do we go from there talk a little bit about what are the different styles of tanks and then we'll talk about the different uses for those styles of tanks the first style that you see, there's there's multiple styles, but there's ground storage tanks. Those are more in hillier, uh, more elevation areas of the country where they can set them on the side of a hill and it, the, the flow is high enough to provide enough pressure for the town depending on where it's at. And you don't need to build a big elevated structure because you're using the gravity of, of nature really. Uh, the next one too is multi-legged tanks. Those are 
couple different styles there. There's double ellipsoidal and a toro. It just depends. It's kind of a community preference on the style of tank they want, uh, how it looks. If they want to match the old, uh, the other tanks in their town, we see that quite a bit. And the other one that we specialize in as well is our single pedestals. There's the hydrocone, the spheroid, the fluted column, and the composite. And those all have different aesthetics to them. You know, we talk about there's all kinds of different styles of tanks. You drive into any community, and like you said, you'll see ones with legs, you'll see ground storage tanks, you'll see single pedestals. What are, Troy, maybe you can jump back in, what are some of those different design considerations when choosing which style of tank to build? Like we talked about the ground storage tank, if you have some elevation in your community, you can put a ground storage tank up on a hill and you'll get your natural, uh, you'll get your natural gravity flow with your water system. Um, a lot of times you don't, you wouldn't put them down on flat ground because then you're utilizing uh, booster pumps and things like that to get it out. So really the ground storage tank is just for storage um, that, that, that can be set on a higher uh, elevation. Then like Dan said, you get into the multi-leg tank, which it's kind of an antiquated tank. It's an older style of tank. It's a tank that um, we do build, and like he said, if you want to match an existing tank in town, you know, we would, you could put one up, but the, the new style of tank, I guess I would call it, is your single pedestal tanks, and that's, that's your hydrocone and spheroid, those are your steel elevated tanks that, uh, that we build and we specialize in. Um, the size of your tank, the hydrocone, spheres, and leg tanks, they're optimal from 50,000 gallons up to, you know, up to a million gallons, and anything in between there, we can, we can build that for your consideration. The fluted column and your composite tanks, the fluted column has really kind of gone away as well and they've uh, replaced it with a composite tank and what that is, it's a concrete stem with a steel tank on top of it. That is, you know, for your price point on that, that's a million gallons plus for, you know, when you go less than that, it's just not cost effective uh, compared to a single pedestal welded steel spheroid tank. Those are your considerations there, those are your size considerations and and uh, those are the styles like we talk about that we build. Some other design considerations. So once you've chosen, okay, I want a ground storage tank, I want a leg tank or a single pedestal. Once you've made the decision as a community, this is the kind of tank we want, then what? there's more choices or more things to decide from there. What are some of the things you have to take into consideration when building one of these? Um, for sure. When it comes to the design aspect of it, uh, there's there's different soil types within the country, and there's uh, you know you got the different wind loads. If you're down on the coast, it's a it's a windier area. Um, the seismic zone, you got some earthquake areas and things like that that you have to design your tank to. The topography, if you can find an elevated uh, a piece of land or ground that we can build this tank in, you know your tank can be shorter, or if it's uh, if you got to build it down somewhere fairly flat area your tank will have to be taller to uh, suffice with the pressure that's needed the biggest things are the uh, aesthetics uh, security and your life cycle costs and but those are those are three things we can talk about here but as far as the design considerations itself the soils the winds the seismic and the basically your topography is what, what you'd be looking at to taking into account one of the biggest things and you mentioned it last there but i think it's one of the biggest things that we deal with today is life cycle costs you know everybody is looking for the best way to maintain a tank long term. And so a lot of communities are looking at sustainability and taking that more seriously, especially when they talk about infrastructure and making it last as long as possible. So let's walk through some of the things that we talk about. What is life cycle costing? If somebody hears 
life cycle cost. What does that mean? The biggest consideration in life cycle costs are, is the, the constant upkeep and maintenance you have to do on a tank through the life of that investment that the town builds. One of the big things we see on the front side is, and we talked about leg tanks earlier, is leg tanks typically are around 10% cheaper to build on the front side compared to a sphere. But what you see over the life cycle of that tank in the general upkeep is you could be 200 to 500,000 at today's costs of, of maintenance um, that you're gonna need to take care of that leg tank. The difference in the leg tank is there's so many different connection points. There's you got the the legged structure, you got rods in between them, turnbuckles, all those things that can get a lot more susceptible to to rust and uh, just break down over the time of that tank. Uh, a lot of repairs over the years, replacement with, with compared to a spheroid single pedestal. It's it's basically one smooth surface basically all the way through the tank. A lot less connection points, a lot less maintenance uh, worries in the life cycle of that tank. So one of the things Troy touched on earlier was on security, and that kind of ties in with life cycle because you really have to think about security of this piece of infrastructure. And so tell us a little bit, Dan, about the difference between security when we talk about a leg tank versus a sphere. Yeah, there there is quite a bit of difference. With a leg tank, there's obviously all your um, ladders. Everything is accessible from the outside of the tank. It's right there, pretty much all at ground level where you can access the tank, climb up a ladder, get up to the top. There's, there's ladder gates and security reasons there as well, but sometimes those can be somewhat easy to get around. With a spheroid, one of the nice things about that is the added security. There is no access point from the outside of the tank at all. There is one door in. In the tank, all your ladders are on the inside, especially around here in the north when colder weather, all your ladders are inside. They're not iced up. A lot safer to access as well. The safety climbs are all on the inside. They're not getting impaired by the weather, getting broken down as well on those. There's extra storage in the cones of the tank for the, the city for pumps or extra water supplies that they have for the city needs. So yeah, there's just a lot of differences there as well. And I think you make some great points there between the leg tank and the sphere. So when we talk about sizing of tanks, and Troy, I'll bring you back in here, you said earlier that leg tanks and spheres are better up to that million gallon level. And then after that, you may be moving into those fluted columns that have kind of gone away or a composite tank. Talk to me a little bit about that thought process of getting the best bang for your buck as a city up to a certain level of what si style and size of tank you should have. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we spoke about a little bit there, the composite tanks, when you get into that smaller size range, you're spending a lot of your money on the actual composite pedestal itself. And, um, and it's just, honestly, it just really is not feasible when you can, you know, you can build your, you can build your pedestal much smaller with a single pedestal spheroid tank. And so that's where, that's what keeps your cost down. So your initial cost on that is much, much less than, than the composite tank. And with the composite tank, you know, you got a concrete pedestal, the exterior has to be sealed. Uh, the interior should be sealed. Uh, there's, there's upkeep with, with, with different parts of, of the concrete, you know, when, when there's honeycombing and things like that. Also the tank itself, uh, you know, it's, it's steel. So it's, it's the same upkeep with the steel tank as there is with the with the, any single pedestal or a leg tank as well. So, so when you're talking about life cycle cost analysis and you're talking about just overall projects, you're not going to get any uh, sort of benefit using a composite tank 
less than a million gallons. They're just the upfront cost is so so much greater than a single pedestal spheroid that your your best bet is to to only use that option when you're over a million gallons. And I think these are all great things that we've talked about today because a lot of times owners don't think about these kind of things. You know, they just, hey, we need this much storage or whatever, and don't take a lot of these considerations into account. And there's a lot more that goes into it than what I think a lot of owners think. And so what other recommendations do you have for asset owners as they go through this process of determining, A, do we need a tank? Okay, yes or no. B, what size do we need? And C, what what style does that need to look like? What are some other things they should think about? Communities, asset owners, they normally have an engineer on staff or they normally have an engineering firm that they work with. And so the engineering firm will do all of their initial studies as far as the capacity that's needed, the flow that's needed, and the pressure that's needed. And then they'll do the, uh, you know, look, they'll catch the soils and figure out what we need to do there and, and what we're going to be building this tank on. They'll help secure the land and the property. And they'll basically be, be the liaison with, uh, with, with the owner. My recommendation with owners and the engineers, since the engineers are heavily involved, is just to call us. Call us first and call us as often as you want. We'll help you walk through each one of these scenarios that you might have. We'll help you with specifications, with drawings. And another thing, too, that we do uh, is, is our webinars. We've done webinars on new tanks, on new tank uh, designs, and just along the, these lines of this podcast. So just call us, sign up for our webinar, sign up for our reminders, and uh, we'd be happy to help. Troy and Dan, thank you for joining me on today's podcast and helping us talk a little bit about new water tanks and life cycle costing. All right, thanks. Thanks, Brian. Remember, you can always connect with us by going to our website, mcguireiron.com. You can ask questions by sending us an email at info at or you can follow or reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us on the McGuire Iron Podcast.